today uh, we are working this week um, out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 42 to 47 as our scripture um, today. Here's how it goes. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's a really great, great passage. Um, a lot of times this is preached um, in the 40 days um, after Easter. But before I actually um, start with the message today, um, I just want to say that my style of, of giving the message is that I ask lots and lots of questions. And you are welcome to participate in answering them if you want. You can raise your hand, you can nod your head, or you can go like this, no. Uh, but I don't like, I was taught and I was trained to do all of the application at the end of the sermon. And over the years, as I've continued my education, I have found that that's not a good thing. I like for you to be thinking the entire time. So as I ask you questions throughout this, I want you to be thinking as I ask you those questions, how this applies to you and to your life right now. I've given you concrete things to do in the next steps um, after today. And if you want to come back and review this again, I'll be back at 10.30 for a... An, an encore. Um, but okay, here it goes. So God, God loves to mess with me. And when I, um, when the sermon title for this popped into my head, I immediately went to the song by The Clash. And actually, if you go into the U version, somebody posted the official Clash video there. But I promise you, you do not, do not want to hear me sing or bop to the clash. So should I stay or should I go? It's not going to be a biopic on the clash. What it is actually, it's, it's about us, you and I, as individuals and as a family of believers. As we see how we represent Jesus around the corner, or really around every corner, is more accurate. So our first question of the day is interactive. I want to know how many of you paid attention to the words to come as you are that we had and we sang? How many actually paid attention to those words? Anybody? Good. You know, when I think of today's message, um, I could see where those words could have been the words that the new century Christians took out into the streets and gave to each and every person that they met as they invited them into a world where loving visibly meant healing and hope and joy became a reality. And that is exactly how they were organically inviting people into their communities. They didn't meet in sanctuaries. They met in homes. 
They didn't eat at restaurants. They met together with everyone else in the community. They healed, they shared, and they lived this song to the fullest, enabling the framework for the church for all of these centuries since. I would encourage you, if you didn't pay attention to it, and even if you did, go on to the U version and watch the video and listen to those words. So if I were to boil today's scripture down to a couple of words, they would have to be love and go. First, we have to experience the love of Jesus, and then we have to go and share that love. So how does this relate to our living out life in our own communities? In other words, what does this teach us, not just about the beginning of the church, but about how we are to live out a missional life outside the walls of the sanctuary, around the corner? I mean, after all, God is ascending God, right? It's where the term missio deo actually comes from. It literally means mission of God. It's being sent out by God. You may not know this, but you and I, we are each one of us individually called to be on a mission in our own communities, not just abroad. Every single inch of this planet is our mission field. When I was doing my pastoral training, uh, one of my professors, Dr. Eddie Gibbs, he's a professor of evangelism at Fuller Seminary and um, a small little British man that had been teaching for years, amazing guy. I'm not going to try and imitate his accent, but if you can kind of think of a British accent as I say this, he said to us on our first day of class, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't tell the disciples to stand inside a church sanctuary and wait for people to come there. I'm pretty sure he told them to go. Our work as the people of God is to be a beacon of light, transporting God's love to everyone in the world. We can't do that if we stand in here and never go out there. Now, theologian David Bosch in his book, Transforming Mission, said this, mission is a movement from God to the world. The church is viewed as an instrument for that mission. Here's what's important. There is church because there is mission, not vice versa. To participate in mission is to participate in the movement of God's love toward people, since God is a fountain of sending love. There's that word again, sending. And he said sending love, not standing here and waiting for them to come love. I mean, I don't think that Jesus told the disciples, hey, dudes, you know, I'm just going to hang out here. Why don't you go out, bring people back to me? He didn't wait in Nazareth or Jerusalem or anywhere else for that matter for people to come and find him. He went to where the people were. He met them in those places, both physically and spiritually. And Jesus has given us an invitation to join him a calling to make a difference for the kingdom of God. He's given us a chance to let his love shine through us. You know, our Christian life, it only begins here at church. It needs to continue as we live together be 
beyond Saturdays and Sundays as a missional community outside these walls. You know, for most churches, I will admit that we do a really great job of having monthly meetings to decide where to spend our tithes and our offerings to build our programs within the fellowship. But then we fail to go out as the hands and feet of Jesus and continue the work that he began. Now, how many of you have heard of Coca-Cola? Anybody? Well, so have 97% of the world. Approximately 76% have actually seen a can of Coke, and roughly 64% have had one can or more. So now if God had left going out missionally in the community and witnessing to the Coca-Cola company, it probably would have been done by now. But he didn't. So what is it that makes us a missional community? It's when we are a community that follows Jesus in a more inclusive way that shows that the love of Jesus lives within our hearts and is reflected in our actions. Now, we should be passionate about being this missional community. I mean, not because we've got some really cool new way to do church in here, but because mission is an essential part of us following Jesus together out there. Missional communities are about being faithful to Jesus. You and I were made for mission, called to live a life bigger than ourselves, called to walk as Jesus walked and to continue the work he began. This is our calling as members of the body of Christ. This is meant to be our life. You know, if we take a quick look back at Acts 1, and you can see that in the U version as well. Um, you know, after Jesus had risen from the dead, he gave his disciples instructions about the kingdom of God, right? And he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. And we come back up into um, Acts 2. The Holy Spirit comes, descends upon them with tongues of fire. That's the day of Pentecost that we celebrated just back on June 9th they begin to speak in different languages, which miraculously is understood by everyone who heard them. And so they were able to proclaim the saving work of Jesus. So now full of the Holy Spirit, Peter is then inspired to stand up and preach his first sermon. And what happened next? Well, people believed in the gospel for the very first time. They believed in Jesus. And it didn't stop there, because amongst them, a missional community began to develop. And they began to live their lives expressing the love of Jesus to one another, and then going out and spreading that love in their communities. Now, here comes the hard part for y'all, because let me ask you these questions. Has God's grace touched your life? Has his love changed you? I mean, I don't know if that's your experience yet. But for those of you that just answered yes to these questions, let me ask you this. Once you believe in the gospel, then what? What changes? I mean, this is a really important question. And it leads to even further. 
How does that lead to transformation in your life? How does that lead to a visible representation of Jesus in you? How do you share your own personal transformation with others? Or do you? You know, unfortunately, statistics on faith communities show that not much usually changes for us. I mean, we might think a little differently, attend church a little more, read our Bible a little more, all good things. But we are called to share that changed life with others. Jesus called us to a sending mission, to share our stories, and to teach others about his love and saving grace for everyone. You remember back in Matthew 28, he's with the disciples, and he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. You see, in this great commission, as we call it, that Jesus initially gave the disciples, that propelled them forward on the beginning of this journey. So maybe think about going out and connecting with the community in this context. Who do you have a heart for? Your family? Your friends? Do you value them enough to share your life with them? I mean, I think we can all answer yes to those questions, right? Now think of all the people outside these walls that we encounter in our communities every day. Do you have a heart for them? All people matter to God. The question is, do they matter to us? Have you ever wondered why God has called us to share our faith? I mean, why does he ask us to step out of our comfort zone? And I know for many of us, and I will be blatantly honest and confess that I am one of them that has been at times too, way out of my comfort zone. I mean, I used to think that I'd rather be in a medieval torture chamber than go and talk to people about Jesus. And look at me now. Here's the thing, though. I encourage you to look around you right now. Look around this room because the why is everywhere. Your family your friends, co-workers, and all the strangers on the street, they are the reason why. They are our mission field. We are called to show God's love to everyone, not just the people that come onto this property. And we are called to be filled with a love so evident that people yearn for it we should want people to look and point at us and say, hey, I want what you have. And what is it that we have? We have Jesus. We are on a journey from here to life everlasting with God. It's a journey that we are not meant to travel alone. We are called to share our story, our faith, and the changed life that we have through Christ. We have been given a mission to reach people, to invite them to come alongside us and walk this road with us. 
In other words, we are seeking life together. I don't know um, how many of you have heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, he is a past, was a pastor and theologian um, in Germany during World War II, uh, most well known for his book that's about that thick on the cost of discipleship. Um, he was obviously opposed to Hitler and the Nazi regime and um, eventually was arrested um, and accused of being part of the, the plot to kill Hitler and then executed at Flossenburg concentration camp just nine days before the fall of the regime. So in his book, aptly titled Life Together, uh, Bonhoeffer said this. He said, the person who loves those around them will create community. That should be our goal. Going out and loving those around us to create a growing, thriving community. Our scripture today tells us that the people in the book of Acts who heard Peter's sermon, believed in the gospel, loved those around them, and had a faith that produced a missional community. They were walking alongside one another. They began to overlap their lives in significant ways, eating meals together, spending time together every day, having people into their homes who they didn't know very well or even at all, being vulnerable about their needs, and being generous with what they had. I mean, can you imagine that scene for a moment? Think about it. They had just met each other. Yet they were experiencing grace, joy, and a relationship that was amazing. And it was contagious. So contagious, as a matter of fact, that Jesus was growing their numbers on a daily basis. I mean, think for a moment what that would look like for us here today. And these new Christians, they weren't just checking things out to see if they liked it. Then if it didn't meet their needs, going to a different church or maybe latching on to a whole different thing. You see, they weren't coming in as consumers looking to get something out of the group. They were coming in as participants looking to give something. They went out and brought what they had in their new changed lives to people so that they could have it as well. Is that perhaps how you were introduced to the community of faith? Now, I know I am not going to tell you anything you don't already know when I say we live in a fallen and broken world, full of people fumbling in the dark to find their way. I mean, this is visible wherever we go. There are people everywhere, everywhere, whose lives are shattered and whose hearts are broken living in a self-centric world. And this may be you today. I mean, it may be what drew you to come to church to begin with. You just have to step outside these walls and around the corner to see that there is a vast amount of homelessness and suffering and starvation and deep sadness and loneliness. The song Broken Vessels that we sang earlier reminds us of all the amazing grace we received when we came to know Jesus, his sacrifice, 
and his immense love for every single human being that has or ever will live. Yet, most of us who grew up in the church have never experienced missional service outside of our church communities. My friends, here's the thing that you need to know about our faith. It has always been intended for us to share with others. Now, are you not convinced that you're called to do this and be this, though? I mean, do you think that God only wants people of great faith to go out there like the people of the early church? I mean, I have a newsflash for you. It's not that they were people of great faith. Why? Remember, faith in Jesus was brand new to them. It's that they were people who were ready and willing to follow Jesus. And as a result, their faith grew, as did the number of people in their faith community. Still, it's a rare thing today in our culture for someone to be devoted to a group of people like our Christian forebearers of the first century. What's more normal for us is acting as individuals, right? We go our own way after church. We don't come back together until the next week's service. And then here's what happens to us. When we act as individuals, everyone actually feels less connected to other people. And then a heightened sense of brokenness tends to develop and fester. But for the people in Acts 2, the remarkable thing was that in the midst of all the transition, in the midst of all the new relationships and of all the daily adjustments that they had to make, they were still going out and talking to people about Jesus. They didn't put aside being a community of people on mission because of any of their hardships. The community was not just for their benefit, but it was also for the sake of the people living outside it. And that's important, because by having that mindset, they were living out the gospel just as Jesus did, by interacting with people in meaningful ways. You know, if we don't interact, we will never have the opportunity to touch someone else's life. When someone whose life hasn't been touched by the love of Jesus hears about some guy in heaven who they can't see or his Holy Spirit who lives among us and is invisible, well, it's hard for them to understand. I get it. This actually may be where you are today. I mean, we live in a culture of you got to see it to believe it. But that's why we are so desperately needed to bring the good news out into our communities and into the world. Or perhaps you actually do believe in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But when you think of sharing the gospel, your hands get cold and clammy, you break out into a sweat, you think that it's weird and ethereal or intangible, and I get that too. But my friends, it's not. Why? Because you, every single one of you, are part of a missional community. So you can point right back to this community and show people what the gospel actually produces. You are the tangible evidence. You can say we're broken and messed up, 
but we are loved, forgiven, and stay devoted to each other. You can tell them that we love and respect one another, and so we work through conflict and challenges with each other. You can assure them that we each have needs, sometimes greater than others, and they are met here by one another. And you can, together, go out and make a physical, emotional, and spiritual difference in the lives of everyone you meet every single day, bringing them the hope and love of Jesus that you have come to have faith in yourself. It is so critical that our community be a physical representation of the gospel being lived out on a daily basis just like it was for the people in Acts 2. And that is why Jesus was adding people day by day. You see, their mission was people. And I emphasize people to point out how easily we push aside individual people to champion some cause or initiative. Often we are about participating in civic events, restoring a neighborhood, cleaning up a park, I mean, these are all good things, don't misunderstand me. However, they don't need saving. Our mission is people, not projects. People don't feel shame. Excuse me, projects <laughs> don't feel shame. Wow, that was a big mess up. People do. Initiatives, well, they don't have guilt. People do. Buildings have not rebelled against God. People have. And parks, parks don't experience brokenness or loneliness or suffering. People do. When we look at the early Christians, we can see how our missional community must be set within its broader surroundings. Our neighbors must see us as a servant community, pouring out our time and ourselves for the good, common good that is, of all people. We must visibly live out our faith in our communities. God will be seen through us in how we love one another. Our knowledge of the beauty of Jesus' sacrifice for all mankind will help us to know how much our love and faithfulness can reach out and touch the hearts of others. Our efforts should be to be a loving presence in the world and have an impact on those we serve, starting with our own communities. And to do this effectively, we have to be willing to go out and to go out together. I love this passage that's gonna come up. It's from Romans um, chapter 10, where Paul reminds us of the importance of a missional mindset. Here's what he says. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. I'm gonna invite the uh, band to come back as I finish up here as a family of believers. We are blessed with confidence in God and his promises 
when we personally experience the faith, hope, and love of Jesus in our lives. What about the people who are not here today? Do they know they can have the same assurance that we have? Are we like God, a fountain of sending love and spreading that love in our communities? Remember those two little words, love and go? Well, they're action words. They are how we will know if we are that fountain or not. Each community of believers will have to wrestle with what and who their mission is and how they will live out that mission. Here's what I think, though. I believe we will know if we are demonstrating invitational and inclusive fellowship, not by how many lives we touch in here alone, but by how many lives we help to transform out there when we love, share, and live out a gospel life together as a missional community. My friends, you will never know who's around the corner unless you go out and look. Should I stay or should I go? Is there really a question? Let's pray.